going on? Nothing in that lab can malfunction. It's on me. Yeah, it's on you. You know, I know at least five guys back home who can do my job. Nobody can do yours except you. We don't know what it is. And you're in there and you're playing around with it like it's your buddy. I'm your buddy. This will never be a controlled experiment. So let's all agree we made our first and last mistake. Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And I'm Matt. And this is episode 12 for April the 6th, 2017. On this week's episode, some news and notes and what's happening. Our Thursday night review of the movie Life. A film spotting madness update. Who will make it to the finals? And also a bonus uh, film, The Discovery. And then, of course, we round things up with our movie homework review. Guys, what's been happening this week, man? My TV died. Your TV died. It gave up the ghost. Yay! No, not not <laughs> yay. I felt like I lived the life of a monk the last two days. I was, by that, I mean I was copying books all night. Oh, there you go. There by you candlelight? Go. By candlelight. The squirrel <laughs> with a quill and inkwell. So, so Adam... Uh, do you want to share with us what you are, what you went from to what you're going to in your movie viewing, or uh, have you decided I on? I upgraded my my TV was 13 years old. I bought this back in 2003, 2004, and it it had a good life. I it was only 42 inches. That was pretty big at the time, and it cost a lot of money back then too. Yep. So I'm going up to 60 inches. Nice, awesome. Brand new Samsung, so I'm excited to somehow squeeze that into my living room. I like it. It might be too big. We'll see. I hope. Nah. <laughs> there's no such thing. No such thing is, and there's no such thing as too big. Absolutely. Too big was your entire basement wall with your yes, HD projector. Yes, I missed that. <laughs> now, if only that old TV could tell us some stories. <laughs> Roger, even the wall behind you is is not as wide. I I projected on an entire wall, floor to ceiling. <laughs> In my basement. In my I love it. Place. I love it. Played video games. Like an NBA game, felt like you were there because the players were all It was life-size. The problem was it was so big that you literally had to turn your head from side to side to go from one side to the other. I, I have a similar story, I'll tell you. I have a friend of mine who was a – we were – I was 20, I don't know, 8, 29 at the time. He was the same age as I am. And he was a custodian at this church in Columbus – pretty large church <laughs> so we snuck in one night about friday night about two in the morning we decided to break out our old n64 <laughs> and we hooked it up the church had a big projection screen so there we were playing turok dinosaur hunter <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> on a 20 foot screen in a church <laughs> oh it's pretty funny but yeah that's that's awesome man so new movies and uh I bet that old TV saw some pretty interesting movies, though, over the years. I'm sure it did. (laughs) 
I know it did. Awesome. How about you, Matt? Anything exciting happening this week? I have uh, been binging television <laughs> this past week. So I've seen... Um, We've seen Life this week. I watched Discovery this week. I watched Five Came Back, which is the documentary on Netflix about the um, American directors that did American propaganda during World War II. I'm also a bit flimmy. apologize. Uh, I also watched uh, season two of The Leftovers. I got to jump in here because I'm the one that convinced Matt to watch season two and I talked to him one day, and then later on, he's like, okay, I've seen it. I said, what? He goes, Leftover Season 2. I don't know how he had the time. That is some intense binging right there, man. I, I'm a little tired. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I figured he might have Hermione's device that lets her... Oh, the, the time turner? The time, yeah, time turner. turner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I watched a lot of a lot of stuff. I mean, I feel out of it. Like, no TV, so I'm way behind on well, my... Well, yeah. It's, my wife goes to bed at 9. Sure. And I normally don't go to bed till like two. So, you know, what is that? Five hours? It's only 10 episodes. You also watched Legion. Uh, yeah, but that was every night before my <laughs> wife went to bed because she wanted to watch Legion. So we binge from Saturday to today. We've seen the entire, <laughs> entire Legion season one. And then I watched what I said I watched. It's just funny. He, he's telling me all this because my other friend Bob will joke, man, I wish I was you with no you know, free time, lots of free time in the world, no wife, no kids. You can do whatever you want. And I'm thinking, man, I don't have Matt's time for watching stuff. <laughs> it's just I, as soon as she goes to bed, I flip on the TV. I, I, you know, I'm the same way, though. I'll get into those kicks where I'll be like, I got to catch up and watch this. And so I'm pulling the 2.30 in the morning, eyes rolling the back into my head. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. But then that then that episode will end on a cliffhanger and you're like, it's just 47 more minutes. <laughs> I can make it. I can power through this. Oh, but I love that. You know, and that's really a phenomenon that Netflix has created. You know, that, I mean, binging. Well, no. I mean, back in the day, you used to get HBO box sets. You that's had to put true. the DVDs, Sopranos. Everyone started binging with Sopranos and yeah, some of those true. other series. The box set invented it, but Netflix has made it easier than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me this week, um, I ended up watching our bonus movie for later, the, the the Discovery, which we'll talk about later. Did not go to the Thursday night movie review. That was my payoff bet. And so I'm anxious to hear what you guys thought of that. We'll get to that in the second segment. Um, but I have been binging the comedian outpouring on, on Netflix. So uh, I caught Dave Chappelle and then... I uh, just started going down the rabbit hole of, and then I thought, oh yeah, I remember back in the day when Eddie Murphy was out and Richard Pryor, and you know, and you start just kind of going down that rabbit hole. But uh, that's that's about it for me. So, have you heard how much Netflix is paying these comedians for specials? It is it is unbelievable. Like like twenty million. They gave what? Chappelle forty million for two. They Man. gave Chris Rock twenty million for one. Wish I was well, funny. I heard Chris Rock got sixty million for three specials. Right, he's only done one so far. Yeah. And uh, Seinfeld has signed for an undisclosed amount. They didn't. They wouldn't tell. They did, I didn't hear what he. They wouldn't even say what they paid him. Well, it's an industry joke. Netflix is overpaying for everything because the Get Down that season that we've already seen costs more than a season of Game of Thrones, which is is blows my mind away. It's waste, but I mean they're getting content and they're willing to pay for it. But they don't have one reining in costs and production costs. 
Yeah. That is crazy. Oh, and I've seen the first three episodes of American season four. Time Turner. <laughs> he does. He's got a time turner. I'm convinced of it. Those I watched. Um, I had to do a lot of driving today. So I got about an episode and a half in while driving. No comment. We don't condone that on the film theater. <laughs> we do not. No. But I guess so. So, guys, what's happening news-wise this week? I uh, I pulled up some articles and, and, and had a couple things there. So do you, you want to do them? You usually do our news, I Adam. usually do them, but this is your baby. This okay, so. I had work commitment step in, and I, I couldn't get to the news desk. So uh, I know I can't I can't really feel your shoes pro- properly, but I'll, I'll give it a shot here. So so here are some here are some titles and some different news articles that I found off of various sites. The first one is the question that we saw from last week's episode: the the movie, The Ghost in the Shell, is the Ghost in the Shell a flop? Um, and there's been a lot of articles and people have written about it and said. Because it only made like eighteen million the first weekend, projected to do twenty five. I know its budget was a lot higher than that, and it's not doing real well overseas either. And so, is it? Some people are saying, well, it's because they put Scarlett Johansson in the lead role. Other people are saying, no, it's because of the kind of material it is. Those people don't go to the theater, don't go, you know, see movies. And so, what do you guys think? Ghost in the Shell is it? It's you know. a flop domestically, which I think they were kind of expecting based on similar movies. When they're calling Ghost in the Shell video game movie, it's not tight, quite true. It's a anime movie, but same audience. So last year, World of Warcraft opened to 25, petered out at 44. I mean, it made nothing stateside. And Assassin's Creed didn't make a splash. So Assassin, or Ghost in the Shell is falling right in line with the performance of these other movies. There's just no American audience for it and the ones that do want to see it are probably pirating the movie yeah yeah overseas i don't think we know yet how it's going to do china is going to be the big audience and in japan too but i don't know if they're going to react as negatively or what i don't know how they're going to take scarlett johansson time will tell but right now it's not looking real good for the ghost in the shell is it it is not and this probably impacts the akira live action version which is a bummer yeah yeah Okay, moving on to other news. Uh, Call of Duty to become a Marvel-esque franchise. Don't do it. I think this is just buzzwords. Execs always throw out stuff like, we were talking about Robin Hood a couple weeks ago when they want to make that a cinematic universe. Cinematic universe is just a buzzword. They don't even know what it means. (laughs) They're calling it a franchise and all these great characters, and I don't see it. Great characters from what? The games. What game? All of the Call of Duty games. Wait, hold on. There's a Call of Duty game other than going online and being called nasty words by 12-year-olds? <laughs> That's the joke. Everyone's been joking I, about the movie I, experience isn't complete unless you have a 12-year-old next to you swearing at you and saying you did things to your mom. Yeah, because I'll be honest with you. I have played a number of Call of Duty games. I very rarely played the first person. I normally fired it up, went online, and started dying immediately. You mean the campaign? Yeah, the campaign. Yep. I I never never did the single player campaign. I did it once to say I'd completed one, and then I the last five Call of Duties maybe I haven't even began the single player campaign. I just fired the up stories the are all generic Michael Bay. Yeah, escalating set yeah. pieces. If they get Michael Bay to do them, they'll that's probably similar to what Call of Duty. On Your the next video game. news story will tell us that Michael Bay is going to be busy for a while. Almost, yes. 
Well, well I guess we could go there, right? Uh, Transformers, right? Has uh, Paramount announced they have 14 sequel ideas for the Transformer franchise. And Michael Bay has said with the right story, he would return. What's the right story? We haven't discovered it. And he always says it and he always comes back. Yeah, they hired a whole writer's room after the last one, part four. I've lost track of the number. So these writers put together 14 script ideas, and they're all out there, and now they're going to pick and choose. I mean, Michael Bay's going to direct at least one of them. They may start doing more, so there could be multiple Transformers movies in a year. I don't know. Well, they did Transformers and the Dinosaurs this time. And King Arthur. Yeah, now they can go do Transformers and the Egyptian uh, pyramids, right? They could do Transformers and, I don't They've know. They've already done that one. The Library at Alexandria. <laughs> they need to leave off-world and go to other planets or something. Do we need to hit, like, the the Transformers and the Eight Wonders of the World? There hasn't been an underwater movie yet. Oh, there we go. Transformers in the ocean. I think I just Atlantis. threw up in my mouth Transformers and Atlantis. Oh, God. We just came up with six ideas right there. See, and we're not—it's only we're not even professional writers. I think the right story for Michael Bay is how many zeros are on his contract, and how many explosions he gets to make. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's maybe there's a correlation. I get paid X amount per explosion. Maybe so. Right. Uh, I I don't. I mean, I haven't seen any of the. I, it just crushed me. The fact that I think that the original Transformers movie cartoon is better than any Transformer movie I've seen from Michael Bay is disgusting to me because I didn't even like the Transformers Well, I remember cartoon. watching the very first Transformer Michael Bay movie, that the, and I remember thinking, either I'm getting old, or, but I cannot tell what, my, what Transformers hitting who and who's hitting what. I got lost. It was so complex. And I was like, I just don't get these movies, you know? I mean, I get you have to change some of the Transformers. I mean, Shockwave, like, doesn't translate, right? You can't have a giant cassette re- cassette player anymore. It just it, that doesn't work, right? Megatron's a handgun. Megatron is a handgun. You are absolutely correct. And that is not PC. So you can't have him be a big gun. Now he's, he's an just, alien cannon now. Yes. Or Folks, jet. all I have to do is get the ball rolling. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, every time, every time a new Transformers out, I feel like someone is just crapping on my childhood all over again. Okay. Here's some news that will make Matt happy. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But out of the Dune reboot, it is announced that Eric Roth will be assigned as the writer, known for the Curious Case of Benjamin Button and Forrest Gump and Munich and The Insider. Matt, do you have any thoughts, any reaction? I don't know. Now I'm scared, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I think I'm neutral on this. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just crossing my fingers. I yeah. I'm just crossing my fingers. Adam, any thoughts? He may just be the first writer too. I mean, some of these projects get going, and then someone else comes in to clean it up. And the director Denis Villeneuve is going to have his hands in there. He yeah. always has. So. Yeah, writer doesn't mean as much on this movie yeah. as it might mean on some others. Yeah, well, that, that's why when when Star Wars Rogue One came out, Gary Whitta took a year and wrote it, and did the first pass, and then they brought in a seasoned writer. I, uh, his name just left me anyway. Sorry, 
but he actually got kind of the formal writing credit and then and stuff. So yeah, so that's not he may just this guy may just you know do the first pass and hey. Now, I mean, listen, because Villeneuve is directing it, I I'm I'm still elated. Absolutely. So that's why I'm not like turning my back on it. At yeah, this point. and this guy's not writing in a bubble. Whatever he's going to write yeah. is Villeneuve's vision. I'm sure he had the pitch and. Villeneuve's oh, yeah. got a clear idea what he wants to do. It's, it's a hard nut to crack, dude. And and he could he could do a great job at it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just from past experience with what people have done with Dune. It's you know, it's like that first love of a book, and you you know you want it to be so great. And we've already talked about the Lynch movie, which wasn't great, but um, you know it is yeah. what it is. So we'll see. Yep, absolutely. Okay, moving right along uh, with our news. Um, I threw this in here. I don't know if it's worth talking about or, you know, I I threw it in, so yes, it is worth talking about. But um, Wonder Woman uh, is thematically similar to Patty Jenkins' Thor 2 vision. Now, Patty Jenkins was set to write Thor 2. And direct. And direct. And they had creative differences at Marvel, and so she moved along and landed at DC, which some that may be good, that may be bad. But anyway, um, she's very excited because some she she came out in an article this week and said that some of her themes, the overall arc and the story she wanted to tell with Thor, she's now able to fully flesh out and tell with the Wonder Woman character. So that led me to the question for my experts sitting across the table here. What do you think? Is there? Do you see any comparison to the Thor character archetype and the Wonder Woman archetype and character? What are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. They're the most mythological of either brand, and they're both sort of the chosen one offspring that has to shoulder the weight of being the protector, the hero, and the chosen one. So, I mean, there's a lot of similarities, I think, there that would easily transfer to either universe. I, I get it from a end character standpoint, but do you think they didn't go with her version of Thor because they wanted kind of Thor being the spoiled brat turned good versus it looks like Wonder Woman. She's just good and yeah. hungry the, to be the as true good hero as, story. Right, right. Whereas Thor was more of that like prodigal son returning kind of story. Yeah, no, that's a good observation, Matt. With Marvel, they're more in control of their properties. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple of directors that have departed. I mean, Edgar Wright famously from Ant-Man. And Patty Jenkins was another one. They brought in Alan Taylor to replace her. He's a Game of Thrones director. Right. He's a guy that come in, take a script, and do it. I mean, company man type guy that could do what Marvel wanted exactly. So I think she probably had a good idea. There's probably not any bad blood. It's just it didn't fit to what Marvel yeah, was doing sure. in a bigger universe for Thor. So in other words, don't read too much into this. That No. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. What else in the news? Anything else, guys? That's about all I have, you know. So, um, Next week I'll be talking about this. I am going to the Overlook Film Festival. That'll be out in Portland. And their full schedule gets released next week. Awesome. My fingers are crossed for a few titles, so I'll reveal it and discuss, you know, what I'm kind of excited to see. That would be great. And on a completely unrelated note, the Guardians of the Galaxy video game is pre-order, man. From Telltale. From Telltale. 
So I got that in the queue, ready to go. I ordered it as soon as I saw it. I'm very excited about that. I think it was established. I don't have time to play your <laughs> little video games. None at all. No, no. L- literally, I have I have fell down into the... The reason I love Telltale Games, ten, eight to ten hours and you're done. <laughs> that's all of them. Yes. Yeah, each chapter is about two or three no, that's, hours. That's not true. That's not true. My wife has been trying to finish Fable Telltale uh, for about <laughs> six months. Because you can play it for about five minutes, and then my Mac freezes up and boots. And then she tries to reload it five or six times and then gets fed up. And then she'll hop back on and Uh, play for about ten minutes, and it'll boot her off again. I played the thing all the way through, no problems. So I don't know what's happening. If only you had a gaming PC in the house somewhere. (laughs) That's reserved. Oh, uh, I think we might get our first hate mail this week. Our first, our first, uh, it's going to be from, be from your wife. <laughs> oh, my wife doesn't uh, listen to this <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> she doesn't even care. She's too busy trying to play Fable every night. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she man. jokes. She's like, oh, trying to be internet famous. I'm like, no, I'm just having fun with guys. We just have fun, man. Awesome. Yes. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for the news. You're listening to the Film Coder. You will be right back with our Thursday night review of Life. We've only three minutes before the suit is flooded. We won't let go. I'm headed to the airlock. Using the launch suit. It's not designed for this. There's not enough. Come on, do it! Her heart is beating out of her chest. She's drowning. Cat, we wouldn't do this together, okay? You're gonna go clockwise from your side. Cat, you're fighting me, Cat. Come on, gotta do it together now. Come on. Cat. Look at me. Cat. Just pull on the lever, okay? Come on. Just pull down on the lever. Welcome back to the Film Coterie, and it is time for our Thursday night movie review. This week was a little bit different in the fact that, one, Roger didn't join us. Why? Because Roger didn't have to. We went and saw Life tonight. If anyone's been listening, knows that this was the punishment movie um, that Roger gave us uh, because he won the Oscar bet. Um, Now, the reason he gave it to us is because every movie that we saw pretty much since January had... The life trailer attached to it. Yeah. And every time it came on, me and Adam would go. <sighs> it's a bad trailer. <laughs> yeah, it is a bad trailer. Um, and it was just every movie we saw that trailer was on. Yeah. It was just, okay, here it is. Awesome. I know what's coming. Great. It's always the space movies because before life, it was the space between us, the Martian young adult oh, yeah. romance novel. Yeah. So... Uh, we went and saw an early showing today of life. Um, and uh, Adam, because this is actually your in your wheelhouse, genre wheelhouse. Yeah, it's sci-fi horror. Yeah, it's a horror movie. More horror than I thought. I mean, there are some horrendous deaths in this movie. It, it earns its R rating. <laughs> there are some horrendous deaths, and some of them happen pretty early. Yeah, yeah. So, Life, if you've somehow not seen the trailer, <laughs> which I can't conceive of how you've uh, not seen this trailer. 
is about a crew on the ISS, and there's a probe coming back from Mars that has samples on it. They're looking for life. It's soil samples and everything else. And lo and behold, they find a single-cell organism. And they feed it, they water it, they give it loving and care and tender to it, and it grows. Yes. And it's not very nice. It just isn't. It's a little bit of a jerk. I mean, they even... Okay, all right. So let's get the parameters of this discussion. How long has life been out? Three weeks. Spoilers? No spoilers. Uh, No spoilers. I mean, yeah, we can't do spoilers. Okay, okay. Well, then I can't say what I was going to say. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> you see in the trailer, there's a, it, it starts kind of hunting him or whatever. Right. This is not a spoiler because I think the trailer's misleading on this. I was worried this movie would be like it, not it, the thing. Okay. Where maybe it could possess someone and because they make it look like Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal are going to butt heads. Yeah, through the door. There's a scene then, where they're yeah. looking at each other and you think maybe the alien's possessing one of them. Right. I am very pleased to report it's not in this movie. There's no possession. There's no hidden traitor. Yeah. It's just it, like, like astronauts some kind of versus disease alien. would have got in their mind and drove them yeah. crazy or something. Or that it replicated and it looked like people. Right. It's not that. Well, it's that's straight up good. monster versus humans. Okay. Yeah. So was it fun, enjoyable, like a summer? Would you consider this, was it at all campy? I mean, what do you think? No, it's, it's serious. No, it's, it's not campy at all. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's serious. And... um. Decent pacing. Good special effects. Yeah, good special effects. I I think the the alien gets wonky. Um everyone has seen it in the trailer, so I don't think I'm giving anything away. It has tentacles. Um we talked about something in the car. Can I say that? Is that too much of a spoiler or no? No, you can say that. All right. So when he starts out and what you see in the trailer when he grabs the guy's hand. It's this tentacle kind of being when the guy's in the pod and the tentacle comes up, which is from the trailer. They made in the beginning, that's what the alien was, a, a, a group of tentacles. Right. And then at some point, this creature, and I was excited because it's not, we weren't trying to, we were recognizing this is alien life. It could just be tentacles, right? Sure. Because from the trailer, they say, you know, it's all brain, it's all muscle, it's all eye can see out of every cell. It can think out of every cell. It, you know, it, every cell is a muscle. Um, and then inexplicably about halfway through the movie, it grows a face. And that just irritated me to no end. <laughs> I don't think this is the fault of the writer or director. This feels like studio notes to me. I it have does. a like some exact force them. The, yeah, this thing needs a face. We need to put a face on our horror. There needs to be a personality. The monster. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't need it. At all, I didn't think. Yeah, it actually detracted. You know, the script is good though. I was impressed. I was worried at first maybe the aliens too smart, but they did a good job making it just hunt for things it needed: food, water, air. Sure. So it's all survival based. So it's not that unbelievable. It's not like it's emailing yeah. back home or setting up banking accounts so it can make its home on Earth. It's smart, but it made sense in that an alien would be seeking these things for survival purposes. Yeah, because there was a point something happened. And you're like, how did it get so smart? And then you realize it wasn't. It just was a consequence of him doing, of it doing something right. else. So. Right. Pacing's good. Um, it's pretty. It's under two hours, and there wasn't any real long dry spells or anything. No, no. Because once it gets going, it's going. It's, yeah, and it unfolds like a horror movie. It does turn sure. into a straight horror movie where you know there's bodies that are going to start falling in a fairly 
predictable order. Okay. Yes. Um, well, it's sounding like, from what I'm hearing you say, that fate helped you to choose wisely on your bet because your other option was the Power Rangers. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure we got the good end of this bet. Yeah. I kind of like this movie. I'm not going to say it's a great movie, but... I mean, it's the best in this genre for Just some time. Just considering what we've already seen. Yeah, this. no, it actually is. As far as sci-fi horror or space horror, it's one of the better space horror movies I've seen in a while. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And considering some of our Thursday night movies we've seen this year. <laughs> Chips. We won't name any others. The Great Wall. <clears throat> you know. for, I mean, I, I didn't see those other two movies before. From at least what I'm hearing, Adam, you think this is better than at least those two movies? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. This is nowhere near the bottom of what I've seen this year. I mean, we gave, we gave grades last week. I'd give this one a solid B, no problem. Yeah, I, I would probably do that. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Your punishment actually wasn't a punishment. It That's was awesome. Because I don't think I would have seen it until it came out yeah. uh, on some kind of streaming service just because I was so tired of seeing the trailer. And... Uh, pleasantly surprised. It was good. Awesome. And I'll, I'll say they're getting better and better with the zero G effects. There's a shot in the opening of this movie establishing the space station where the camera's moving between rooms. You're seeing all the astronauts do different things. People are going room to room. It's made to look like a long take. It's broken up when they're panning and stuff, but it's, it's well hidden. Very cool technical shot. No, it was, it was, it was really good. They kind of get around some of the hiccups people get by everyone either has short hair or pull back or they kind of hit it when they were floating right. by. Oh, yeah. But the floating looks really good. The fact that they, um, you know, because astronauts report that there's in space, there's no up, down, left, right, whatever. And they do a lot. That shot included a lot of things that were upside down. But people were functioning upside down normally. And then people come by right, you know, what would be up. And, you know, correctly. Sure. And it yeah. just, it worked. It was a really good shot. I agree with Adam cool. on that. And one of the astronauts is in a wheelchair on Earth, so his legs are atrophied. And they did a good composite shots with him. It looked pretty convincing. Uh, yeah, no, they, they really did. And, and that was, I think, a, a testament to how good they did the zero-G stuff. Because I didn't even know until they panned to his legs. Mm-hmm. And I was like whoa, you can't walk on those things. <laughs> yeah. And then they kind of say, you know, do you miss your wheelchair or something like that? But um, they did a really good job. So how about the acting? Michael Fassbender? Uh, not no. Fassbender. Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds. Okay, that's who. I was trying to, in my mind, trying to remember who was in this movie. They play what you expect. Ryan Reynolds is a smart aleck. He has kind of the one-liners and wittiness. Jake Gyllenhaal is more or less the stoic hero medic. There's not a lot of comedy in there. There's no real tension breaking. When this thing goes, it goes. There's yeah. no comedic elements, really, once it gets going. Okay. No. Yeah. Cool. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Have I ever Special effects, good. Yeah. Sound editing, good sound effects. It looks expensive. I don't know what the actual budget on this was, but, I mean, it's, the production design's great. I'm not great. hearing a lot of buzz yeah. about it, though. I wonder, no. I, it yeah. didn't do so great. At What's the box it sitting office? on Rotten Tomatoes? Like last time I checked, it 60, was sixty-six. Yeah, sixty-six. Yeah. Seems about right. Okay, it's not bad for a space no. horror movie. So there you go, folks. Life Thursday night movie review. Uh, yeah, check it out. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth seeing on HBO, Showtime, Netflix, wherever it hits. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Awesome, awesome. Well, you have paid your bet off well. I'm glad you enjoyed it. We both said you 
we would have been crueler to you than you were to us by giving us life we would have come up with something oh yeah because this was not bad at all yeah we may have lucked out because i mean because i think the group of us that go to the movies general consensus was oh man i've seen this trailer a million times no one wants to see this movie (laughs) well it is a terrible trailer it made you it is a bad i was i was waiting for you guys to walk here walk in here and say Oh my God! Every trope, every blah blah blah, you know. So no, they did, they did a good job. I mean, a lot of times you'll come to a movie like this, and it will, you know, oh, they showed us everything in the trailer. In this, Adam's right. The trailer is actually misleading. It, yeah, is, it is. It is not the, you know, hidden alien betrayal kind of thing. Right. It's, it's just straight up horror. And while it moves in a predictable path, once it gets going, it's still not bad. Awesome! Awesome! All right, well, that's our Thursday night movie review. When we come back, a bonus episode, a bonus segment. We're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap up our film spotting madness. Talk to, about our finals, and a bonus movie review of the Discovery. You're listening to the Film Coterie. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Roger. Uh, we had a little technical difficulty during the time of our recording with the Film Spotting Madness website. Uh, the URL was broken and down for a bit, so we weren't able to bring you an update on that this week. Instead, I thought we would give you a sound clip um, from the film The Discovery and our review. Dr. Harper, why did it take you six months to address us? Where have you been? It seems to me that I, I invited you here to my home. We only received that invitation after the suicide toll had rapidly reached a million. Don't you think your discovery was just too dangerous to share with the world? Isla! keep a discovery so vital to our existence a secret you prove the existence of an afterlife i prefer to call it a new plane of existence do you feel responsible for all those people killing themselves We opened the door for these people. Now we have to show them what's behind it. All right, we are back for a bonus review. There's a movie that's new on Netflix, came out last Friday, called The Discovery, starring Robert Redford and Jason Segel, (coughs) Rooney Mara, Mary Steenburgen. And this played at Sundance this past January, and we already have it now. Here barely into April, it technically came out in March, so that's a fast turnaround from Sundance to Netflix. And did we all plan on watching this? I, I did. Well, I, not I'm together. No, no, you're right. I mean, but we didn't plan. I came in, I think, to your office and said, "Hey, have, have you seen the Discovery?" And Adam goes, "No, not yet. It just came out." And I said, "Well," so then I watched it on the way home. <laughs> and and for me, I saw it and I was like, "Oh." This looks like right in my wheelhouse. 
and I put it like off into the queue. And so I was talking to Adam this morning, actually. And I was like, you know, we need a third segment for the show today. You know, what can we do? And Adam's like, we know Matt and I have both seen the discovery. Could you watch it? And I was like, I'll watch it. So I watched it today, actually, over, over, let's just say an extended lunch. (laughs) So the basic premise is that the afterlife, the existence of it is sort of discovered and the world has changed. They're tracking suicides. There's a lot of bad stuff going on in, in that end. And a, a son is coming home to his father. His father is Robert Redford, the one who has discovered the afterlife. And it's kind of an exploration of their relationship, a relationship with a new lady he's met, and really humanity's relationship to this afterlife. Yeah, absolutely. And we can't give too much away. No, we cannot. Yeah, yes. we cannot. See, that's going to be the trouble spot for me is, okay, well, how can I, you know, uh, how do I talk about this movie without giving things away about it? Well, all right, so let's start like this, right? So, obviously, I mean, there was a trailer for this, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Trailer gives a gloom kind of feel to this movie, right? The way it was shot, do you think it went out of its way to try to make you feel gloomy. <laughs> so, so let me say this. I, I, don't think, I don't think it's giving away anything to talk about the premise of the story. No. Because it's in the first, you know, in the first three minutes of the, the movie. Yeah, no, the afterlife's discovered. We can talk afterlife has discovered and like four million people have killed themselves. I mean, that's in the first three minutes of the movie. So it's not like that's a... <gasps> You know, because they want to go find, they're like, well, if there's something, if there, now that there's scientific proof that there is an afterlife, then I need a reboot of my life and I want something different, you know? And so that sets that real heavy tone of the movie from kind of that gloomy tone, I think, right from the very beginning. This is a very melancholic movie. It is, but it's, it's, it's like they went out of their way that everything in this movie is like, washed in blue or gray it just it felt to me as if instead of letting the the sadness come out through the actors and the story itself it was trying to be forced (laughs) upon me by the way it was shot yeah and it was shot you can tell it was digitally shot and a lot of times digital cinematography is very cold it doesn't have the warmth of film the right. celluloid can capture yeah, different oh yeah. kind of warmth. And they fix that in post. But in this case, they left the movie cold on purpose. Sure. It does have a very Now, cold it's feel. funny because I have a lot of problems with this film. A lot. Okay? But the one thing I really liked about it was the cinematography, was the overall look of the film, especially when we get into some of the more science-oriented portions, like the, you know, like the title thing where the guy's all plugged up to something to his head. The way that was shot with the light, I really liked. No, and, that's that. And even great. and even at the when they switched the perspective of that in the last the last scene in the scientific room, the whole perspective is changed, mm-hmm. and I thought that was great cinematography. Myself, I mean, I really got into that a lot. Um, I'm I'm not saying that it wasn't shot well, right? I'm not saying that there weren't, the framing wasn't good. I'm not, right? it's not that. It's just, I guess I felt like I was being beat over the head with blue and gray. Just to to give that sense of 
as Adam said, melancholy. I, I think it's Matt. I think it's a very fair point that you, you, you're raising. I, you know, okay. Let me just jump right into my complaints about this film. This film should have been in my wheelhouse. This is like Matrix type potential. I mean, all my buttons should have been going ding, 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 ding with this kind of science afterlife. You know, all I mean, this should have been my kind of movie, right? And I felt I felt like if you took the cast and threw them all away and put appropriate actors in this movie, it would have been great. Appropriate actors. Now I'm curious by what that means. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and you're talking uh, no, no. Robert Redford. Uh, okay, okay. Let's say different actors. Oh, okay, different, <laughs> different, not appropriate. Yeah. Different actors. Okay. I think Robert Redford completely lost. I did. I didn't. I didn't. In. I just. You know. He. He does. I, I well, just. When have I, you ever seen Robert Redford play like the mad scientist character? Well, exactly. Yeah, it just that didn't work. I thought you know, that it, was it just didn't, and he didn't sell it. And and they're trying to sit. A, you know, there's a feeling like maybe is this a is he is Robert Redford maybe over a cult? You know that that doesn't give anything away. You know, there's that question that's out there, and and so they try to put him in a role as on a stage, and he was he was completely lost. He didn't really feel authoritarian yeah. enough for that. And no. then, and then, so it comes across as real fake and generic. And then he admits, you think, you know, th- you have to sell him some BS to get him, to, you know. So, so I didn't like that at all. Um, all right. So the other actors, let's. I, I, I thought that, um, I'm going to make sure I get the names right. I thought, I just thought Jason Siegel was completely miscast. I didn't buy not one single thing he sold from the, from his opening scene with Rooney Mara, I just thought there is just nothing. There's nothing in the space between these two whatsoever. I didn't buy anything that they were doing, any of the acting whatsoever. I, I just, I, it's like he was this somber, oh, I'm just going to, emotionless actor that I'm going to question everything here. And so then I, it's almost like he was so heavy in it that I began to question everything that this whole film was about, kind of a thing, you know. So for me, just for me personally, I just didn't buy uh, the only person that had, um, to me, any kind of halfway decency, decent, like conviction or real realness to his acting was uh, was Jesse Plemons who played Toby. I thought he was pretty decent. He actually someone that I saw that actually seemed to have some kind of life in him, and I don't know if it was just bad directing. I don't know. Just I'm just saying. This may be people may think this is a great movie, but for me, the acting was just so wooden and forced. I mean, you got somebody like Rooney Mara, who I think is can be potentially a great actress, and you, she's she's forcing these lines out to Seagull, and there's I I don't buy the romance. I don't buy that there's a love story. I don't even buy that there's any real connection between them at all, and I totally did not buy the whole ending of this movie. So. Whew, I hate to come on so hard and strong, but it just did not. I, I guess when I saw the lead-in of what this was about, I got my meter up and all excited, and then when I actually saw the product, I was greatly disappointed. I have my own issues with the movie. I just felt like it was too afraid to engage with the big ideas. Like it would move towards maybe dealing with something, 
and then wiggle away. Well, well let, me, let me say this, Adam. I think you're right because it just kept trying to deal with every issue. Why don't c- commit to one issue and then just go for it? Well, I just felt like it always backed away, too. It never really went for it, and it was almost afraid to deal with some of the bigger issues. No, it was. It was. It was kind of a timid script. I mean, I want to go bold if you're doing something like this. But I want to disagree with Roger. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Like, I like Jason Siegel in this movie. He normally does comedies. I think he does them really well. Um, and I liked seeing him step out of his comfort zone. And from him, I did get, like, cold and disinterested. But as the movie goes on, you find out he is. I mean, that he is affected... I think emotionally by things that have transpired and he really doesn't want to be where he is. He feels responsible for things and it's just emptied him out. And that's the sense I got from the acting. Uh, and I like, I like seeing him step out of his normal role. Have either of you seen the end of the tour? No, I have not. Okay. That's his best performance by far. He plays David. And I, yeah, and I'm sure this guy's a great actor. And I'm not he's one of those guys I recognized his face immediately, but I had not I'm not familiar with his body of work at all. But I yeah, and and maybe he actually pulled off what the director wanted him to do. I mean, maybe that's that's you know, it's this is all opinion, folks. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm not saying I'm at all an expert on any of this, but I just for me, I just did not buy. I, I didn't. I didn't feel any. Did you guys get? Did you feel there was chemistry between Mara and and? and, and I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Fair I, enough. I, I mean, mean, I yeah. agree with you on Redford. Like, I, I that just didn't work for me, whatsoever. Like at all. I mean, you you could have cast almost anyone else in there, and either one, it would have been just as good or maybe better. Yeah. It just didn't seem a good fit for Redford. The, and and, the other, and even his even his story arc. Without saying anything, but his in the big scheme of thing, his story arc is we had to get this out so the whole world could see it. And then when he finds the next level, we've got to now just, you know, we can't get this out any longer. You know, it's like, it's like even the story itself did not. It didn't engage. It, just, it, was, it did not engage I, at it all. It goes up to the door and then hangs a right. Yes. And it was like, oh, no, we can't go there. Well, I think it all comes back to what consequences of what you let out. Right, I don't think yeah. he anticipated four million people killing themselves, and then upon the discovery, he realized, "Oh my goodness, this has potential for it to go completely out of control." I have to pull. And back. they tried to show it in a micro version going completely out of control, and I didn't buy that either. I was just like, he doesn't really? also feel like a guy who's a lot of weight on his shoulders. I mean, which one, Redford? Yeah, no. He feels no, like no. he's going through the motions. He's cashing a check. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the acting was fine. I don't. There was no great performances here. No. I really liked the dialogue from just a script point of view from the opening boat scene. No, I no. thought that was great dialogue between those two. Okay. I mean, that was actually the highlight of the movie for me. It was all downhill after the opening for the most yeah. part. But like, I just I feel like the whole movie was mainly a missed opportunity. This is a good yeah. idea. And it was the the way they went about it and how they went about it that just kind of failed. Well, even in you know, uh, you, even there was I thought it was just a little heavy handed. Even I mean, you have the main character's name is Will, as in free will, and he's supposed to be questioning free will. Then you have Isla, which is an island. She is she was an island on an island. 
I caught that too. You know, and it's like, oh, it seemed a little forced to me. I don't. I was just. It seemed a little bit college creative, right? Yes, that's exactly what it seemed like. <laughs> I'm sorry. So yeah. Anyway, that I don't know. I, I was a movie that is supposed. To, well, this is like it's going to be my same argument that I had against Ghost in the Shell, a movie about soul that had no soul, and this is a movie about big questions that shies away from the big questions. Yeah. And, yeah. and that just annoys me. Don't, don't push it somewhere and then, and then veer off from it. It's Could not you, even like it didn't want to go and, all and, in. And, and, it's and just I'm, purposefully yeah, backed up. Yeah, yeah. I agree, Matt. And this is not, I, I'm not against Jason Siegel as an actor. Okay. I'm not saying that, but I'm thinking, what if you put an actor in this role that can really carry emotional weight up and down. I, I just think this movie, I think what made me upset or, or bothered me about this movie was I saw the potential for a great movie here and it just seemed to fall short for me. No, I agree. The The premise, if handled correctly, would have been exactly in your wheelhouse. It would have been in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And it just, it it didn't. It, it didn't get there for me. I mean, you've got Rooney Mara. Give her something... Give her some direction. Let her let her let her spread her wings and show some emotion. Let her show. Let her act. You know. I mean. I, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, but you know this this just leads me back to like if you want to get that sadness across, if you want to watch a movie that's sad, like let Lars come in and direct this movie and see what you get. <laughs> That's awesome. Let Van Trier come in. Oh, Melancholia. Man. Melancholia. If you want a movie like this, go watch Melancholia. It doesn't hit the big questions, but if you want, well, if I you want, want a movie go, that like. To be fair, this doesn't hit the big questions. No, either. no, exactly. But Melancholia doesn't hit like any questions. It's yeah. just like, do you want to feel sad today? Let's feel sad together. <laughs> well, I do want to go back because. You guys both raved about this guy's first movie. Some love, first love, or something, or he, first. oh, uh, the one I love, the one I love. You guys said that. that oh was, yeah, the one I love. Yes, that's a great so, movie. So, so I'm, you know, maybe I uh, let me give. I want to go see that one, and you know, maybe I'll get a, you know, I, I just, you know, if we were going into spoiler cast, I could take twenty minutes and, and pick out things I just did not like about this movie. But overall, uh, yeah, it just didn't work for me. I'm sorry. All right, but. On a side note, Netflix is now trying to step up its game as far as original content movies. Oh, yeah. So how do we feel about this as their... Because, yeah, they've done their Adam Sandler stuff. I get that. Right? They've done some cheesier sci-fi spectral or whatever. But this, this I think, was, their fir- was one of their first step-ups in yeah. quali- trying to get yeah, more quality. Yeah, a festival movie. Yeah, so what do we think about that? No, I applaud it. I, yes, I'm really happy that they're doing this. I am. I agree. Yeah, this movie wouldn't have survived in a traditional release. Nope. I mean, they they probably knew that going in. The reviews would be yep. meddling. Well, I, I pay my nine bucks a month, and when it came out, I watched it, and I will continue to do that. Netflix, please continue to make this content. And yeah, just because I didn't enjoy it doesn't mean I'm not very thrilled that they're getting into their own content creation. I noticed you have the the one I love page, IMDb page up, Adam. Anything you want to say about it? 
This is one I, I certainly don't want to spoil. No. Um, a couple goes to a cabin for a therapy session. Yes. I will leave it at that. It has some interesting elements you probably won't see coming. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one came out of left field for me because there's nothing from the box art, the name, anything gives away what this movie really is. So it's a fun discovery movie. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I love those. Yes. Yeah. I, I wanted <clears throat> to see the one I love from the trailer and... It's one of those that I was excited to see, and it was actually better nice. than, than what I was I hoping that. for. So. Awesome. So, yeah. So, and I, I like the idea that we'll continue to review movies that release as long as they as long as they have a traditional theater release as well. I think it falls still within the film coteries. Yeah, we're, you know? I mean, streaming and, and, too. and this movie it did have a, a limited release in theaters as well. So, yeah. All right, so here's the question. Even though it's a bonus, do we want to do thumbs up, thumbs down? Yep, we have to. Yep. I'll I can start, start it off. All right, Roger. <laughs> yeah, oh, imagine this. Thumbs down for me. I do not recommend. I can't recommend it either. No, I don't recommend it either. And that's that's not to say it's awful, right? It's just, you know, it's not going to be in my top 10 movies, probably not going to be in my top 20, maybe not even be in my top 30 movies. But again, we applaud Netflix. Get original yes. content. Put it up. Yes. We'll devour it. Yep. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. All right. All right, that'll do it for our bonus review this week. Uh, let's, let's take a break and come back, and we'll get into our movie homework segment. All right, we are back, and it's time for our movie homework assignment. Yay, movie homework! So, <clears throat> this week, I think I'll start with Matt. Roger assigned Matt the fairly recent on Netflix movie. Yes. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. All right, so this thing did come out in, what, 2017? Yep. Yeah, so I can't. I have to watch out for spoilers in my movie homework. You do. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So let me give you a little background of why. Can I do that? Why I signed this? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this movie to Matt, Matt would probably like to know. I, I'm trying to figure out. I, I cannot discover after 12 episodes the kind of films Matt kind of connects with, right? And so I stumbled across this film uh, on Netflix, and I watched it. And I had a certain reaction to this film. And so I thought, hmm, okay, it's got Elijah Wood. It's got this Melanie, whatever her last name is. Linsky. Linsky, the Aussie, who uh, does a pretty convincing American accent, I would say. Um, and it's quirky and weird. And uh, New Zealand. New Zealand. I knew Ooh, she was. I knew don't she get was, those mixed up, friend. I knew she was. Oh, it's all the same. The Aussies and the Kiwis. Will the come Aussies out. and the Kiwis. It's all. It's all fruit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. There goes our whole New Zealand audience, right? Oh yeah. No, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just joking. I'm just teasing. Anyway, and so I thought. I wonder how Matt would respond to this film. And so I looked on Rotten Tomatoes because I thought, I don't want to assign a, a complete dud to him. And at the time, I don't know what it is now, but it was like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I thought, wow. 
it's still okay. like probably up in the 80s right now. I'm like, this is pretty. This is a good sign. Maybe I, so. I, I that's why I signed the movie to Matt. I thought it's weird. It's quirky. It's 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 different. I know how I felt watching it, but I thought I wonder how Matt would respond to this movie. So that's why I signed it to him. All right. So premise of the movie without giving too much away. Um, <clears throat> Melanie Linsky plays a character who has been burglarized. Yep. And she kind of goes on a mission to get her stuff. And she is kind of fed up with society as a whole. Um, There's a line in the movie where she says, you know, what do you want to get out of this? And she says, I just want people to stop being a-holes. Right. So, so the movie is pretty much a a comment on society where society has gone. Her view of society (laughs) Uh, along the way, she gets some partners, uh, partners in crime, essentially to to regain her stuff. Uh, played by Elijah Wood, who plays an odd character. He's very odd, kind of a macho wimp. Yep, if that makes <laughs> sense to anybody. Like, I mean, stereotypical, like macho wimp. I, I, I got to be honest. I got to interlude. I got to intercede here for a second. I, I really, um, I have no clue what kind of character he was trying to play. I mean, there were times I laughed very hard at what he was doing. And yeah, a macho wimp is the best description I've ever heard to encapsulate what that character is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a lot of that. His character, like in. He's like the guy that would go into the stores that used to be in the mall and buy the throwing stars. Oh, yes. I mean, essentially, that's it. And yeah, thinks he can use them. And thinks he's all badass and all this stuff. And, you know, and he, and he jumps down and he accidentally trips and his tripping and falling knocks the guy out kind of a thing. But he thinks he's still super cool. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, she she goes on this mission to try to regain her stuff. And it's. You know, I don't want to give away too much. So it's what lengths will she go to? Right. What depths will she go to get her stuff back? And all the while having this view of society. Now, with respect to the movie, um, I, I like movies that are comments on modern society. Because I have a lot of problems with modern. I'm like an old crouchy guy on his porch <laughs> that yells at his kids to get off his lawn and I'm not old, uh, and I don't have a porch or a rocking chair on that porch, and I don't have kids playing in my yard. But that's how I envision myself, right? That's that's you know sure some of the I just don't understand. Um, but so I, I like movies like that, and this movie was doing a good job of it, and but then it seemed to go off the rails a little bit. There's a definite shift in the characters and the story at one point. And from there on out, it just kind of lost me. Uh, it gets pretty gory towards the end too, unexpectedly gory. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, I get it. I understand it's, you know, trying to kind of add into how she's feeling about society and stuff like that. But it just, it didn't work for me. I don't have a problem sure. with gore per se. It sure. just, it, 
it felt too much. Um, and I, it just went off the rails. I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily happy with the ending. I, I don't know. It, it wasn't bad, but I don't know how it's getting to 80, whatever it is, 88 on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, top critics too. I, I watched this movie the second one up because it, it got some festival love. Yeah. Festivals can be a funny place because they're very positive atmospheres. Sure. Sometimes movies seem better than they are. And sometimes, the, well, the director's there and sometimes the yeah. actors might be there. Yeah, it's a good experience, but in that bubble, it can mess with your perception a little bit. Sure. I was pumped to see this movie, great reviews, and it fell so flat for me. I mean, I didn't like this movie at all. When I saw it, I didn't really see much redeeming of any value in this movie. So this was one of my biggest disappointments of the year so far. Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't know about the buzz. I didn't, I was kind of living in a bubble, not knowing about this. So it wasn't awful to me on first viewing. However, in this kind of genre of film, I mean, granted saying it's a, in, in the social commentary, I mean, I know a lot of films comment on society, right? But there's a genre of film that blatantly are coming out against society sure. in a particular manner. Um, this this definitely like pales in comparison to some of the better ones. Yeah, which we may get to later on. Well, well, um, y- you know, the question I had was: there seems to be a trend, and and you guys can help me because I'm not. This is not my wheelhouse of movies at all. But like, I'm seeing this trend where it's like. A lot. Some movies are having kind of the understated female lead that doesn't really show a lot of whole emotion, and and they go through a lot, maybe a very emotional story arc. And I kept thinking, why did they cast her in this movie? I, I didn't. Get, I just didn't. I thought Elijah Wood was actually pretty good. I liked his character. I liked the. I'd never seen a. How did you describe him? A macho wimp. A macho wimp. I had never seen that. You know that kind of character. And so I find my. I found myself chuckling at him a lot and enjoying his character. But the rest of the story, I thought, was just ridiculous. I thought, okay, did, now they're trying to be a Tarantino film at the end. You know, and I, I just didn't. I just thought, I don't know. I thought, well, maybe, maybe Matt can watch this and interpret it and say, no, Roger, you're not getting it. There's all this commentary and all of the, you know. Well, no, I, I mean, I see. The problem is I can't talk too much about it because, right. it, I mean, the com, any commentary is part and parcel to this film. You have to watch it, and it's new. But literally, the whole time I was watching it, I wish I was watching another film. And okay, now that makes sense to me. Just you saying that, because yeah. I just kept thinking. Because I think there's, this film is missing something. Yeah, there's I think just there's, not something here. I think there's better films. In, like I said, in this, if you're looking, and it may actually end up being your homework tonight, and I can talk about it a little <laughs> okay. bit then. But if you're looking for what I like, and you saw this and said maybe Matt likes this kind of movie, I do. Done in this other way. Gotcha. Yeah. Where it is. I don't know more. I mean, it's probably just as violent, if not more violent, the movie I'm probably going to show you, but more satirical more. Yeah. More satirical. And I know what he's going to pick for you. Yeah, That's why I and, jumped in. And it doesn't, it doesn't pull any, I mean, it'll, okay. it goes there the from word go saying <laughs> society just right now sucks. Right. And yeah. But okay. I mean, I'm not as down on it as Adam. I'm not highly disappointed because I I didn't have any. I didn't know about any buzz coming into it. Um, 
So I'm kind of, you know, I'd give it like a C somewhere okay. in there. So. Yeah. Well, I was in that kind of like, me, it would be like a D plus C minus. That's kind of like, I really liked Elijah Wood. I liked his character. I liked the, just the weird quirkiness of him. And I thought, you know, this young guy, this kid can act, you know, kind of a deal. I was, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but the rest of it, I was just like, oh, yeah. See, I, I, I mean, the thing that pulls it up to it, the story I didn't like. Yeah, um, I wasn't crazy about it either. But I, I liked the acting in it. Yeah. I thought that was good for the most part. Um, so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. I'm up next. Matt gave me the Fritz Lang movie from 1921, so he pulled a Roger. I ha- Dude, I have to do something. And I saw Destiny, which is Fritz Lang's sort of parable about death and love. It is. Um, I'd never seen this before. It is half, Imagine that. half written novel, half movie. Oh, gosh, it is. I it have is. never seen so much text on the screen before. Because not only are they, it's a silent movie. Not only are they saying what characters are talking about. Just give me the exposition. There's so much exposition. Sometimes yeah. it's two pages of exposition. Two pages of exposition. And you have to wait while they do a sentence at a time. Well, and the thing, the thing I hate about it is that part. Is it's a full text of German text. That is translated sentence by sentence, and it will appear on different parts of the screen. So there'll be some at the bottom, and then it'll the the English translation will wash away, and then it'll put it on top. Then it'll <laughs> wash away, and then maybe back on because I think they're trying to keep the words out of the way of the German they're now translating, and it, uh, okay, that makes it annoying. Yeah. So in a nutshell, death comes to a town. He buys their graveyard and builds a wall. And he ends up mingling with a couple. Yes. And he, he takes the man. And the wife wants to bargain with him and bring her husband back, and he gives her a challenge. He gives her these three other lives, and if she can save anyone in those lives, he'll bring her husband back. So it, about halfway through, he jumps in these three kind of parable-esque things. There's a Middle Eastern one, Italian Renaissance, yes, and then Chinese. Yes. Yeah. And they play, even though it's other cultures, it's always her and her, her loved one. They're in the same actors are in these things and, and she keeps failing to save him. And it goes to a kind of a cool, ambiguous ending, which I liked. Um, but the structure, the three stories, it really slows the movie down, especially when you know there's three of them. Yeah. Because, you know, plot wise, she's not going to solve it on the first go around. So, you, you know, you got yeah. two more coming. Um, visually, I like this movie a lot. Um, this is when they were kind of experimenting with dyeing the film itself. So it has some interesting colors and tones, a lot of sepia, but then also some blue and teal. And Yeah, and it changes throughout depending yeah. on what's happening. It starts out straight up sepia, goes to town, it's kind of normal bluish, and then it dyes it based on the story being told. Yeah, yeah. cool. I really like death in this movie. Yeah, death is, I think, I thought was great. Whoever they cast, <laughs> there's no one that looks more like death than this guy. Just such a stoic face, strong bone features. Cane with a skeleton on yeah. for the handle. Nice. Yeah. Death is brilliant in this movie, cool. casting and acting. Um, the movie's okay. This is six years before he did Metropolis. And he is prolific. Yeah. Fritz, yeah. I don't know how he's, he's done, done so all many kinds movies. of stuff. Oh, yeah. But this movie was panned when it came out. German said it wasn't German enough. It, But to me, Fritz... I haven't seen a ton of silent film, right? 
But Lang always seems to he seems to be one step ahead of everybody oh, yeah. else. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I mean, this movie done just a shade different, now, I think could play now. Now, how was it for as um far as expressionism and the way it was shot and stuff? Was there much in it? Some. Like I mean, you know, like weird angles and things no, turned a little bit and no, kind of oblique at times. No. It's pretty straightforward. Okay. But, but the special, I mean, they had some decent special effects. There's some, some ghosting. Effects and ghosting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's. Well, that's part of expressionism as well, too. Yeah. The effects and stuff. Right. And, yeah, and, and, more and the effects. Like overlays, say. like uh, where they do real overlays to do the ghosting and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. this was shot pretty quick and on a low budget. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it was an important step for him. It, it's a story that really. Well, I hadn't seen it either, so I was excited to well, get you guys. Yeah, and this was one of the films that, like, Hitchcock said made him realize that this was a medium that he could get involved in. Yes. You know, yeah. so I mean it is a forerunner to that and that's one of the reasons I watched it when I first watched it. Okay. And plus the box, I mean what they use for the box art now essentially is just a picture of death and I was holding like a baby. I want yeah, holding a baby and I was like I want to see that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when death is holding a baby in 1921. Wow. I was like, you know, that's because I view that as a different kind of era and you didn't have this scary thing and, you know. And they had the stones to go for an ambiguous ending, which back then was unheard of. Everything yeah. was usually wrapped up happily. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. So middle of the road. Yeah. I mean, it's perfectly fine. I mean, Metropolis is obviously the classic and it's kind of oh, cool yeah. to see him perfecting his skills as he was going on his way to Metropolis. And it's on Netflix. If you're a fan of silent movies, it's worth checking out. But you're not going to be blown away by the story. The production design's great. The acting's good. Story's middle of the road. Okay. Yep. Cool. And now, Roger, to you. I gave you Cabin in the Woods, one of my favorite horror movies of recent years. Written by one and only Josh Sweden. Josh Sweden. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really curious to hear what your thoughts and are. And Chris movie. Hemsworth and Kristen Connolly. And, yeah, cast, cast and crew. So... Oh, man. Where do I start with this movie? Um, this movie absolutely had Joss Whedon's fingerprints all over it. I mean, and since it's 2012, I'm assuming spoilers can, yeah. we can do spoilers with yep, this. You know, absolutely. five years old. Um, so if you don't want to hear about it, then head on. And it's basically has all the makings of what I would love in kind of a campy horror movie, you know? It's a sci-fi, you know, it, it, they tell you right from the beginning. As a matter of fact, the opening shot of the movie is the science fiction high-tech part of the movie, you know. And so they tell you right from the beginning, there's two different stories, two different narrations going on here. There's going to be a traditional, very traditional, tropey horror story, Cabin in the Woods, you know, the dumb jock, the, what they call her, the slutty, this is their terms, the slutty blonde the nerd. The, the nerd, the stoner, uh, you know, the, the whole group. And then the one girl. The cast that, of Scooby-Doo. Yes, the cast of Scooby-Doo <laughs> is, is going into the cabin in the woods. And they go down to the basement and they find this unknown horror that's going to seek to kill all of them. That's the choose your own adventure part. Yes. And it was. And so the other narration is there's this high tech secret society, whether it's government or not, I'm not sure. But it's a secret society that has to stay off evil once it was it once a year or once every 10 years i can't remember it was at least like one we'll say once a year 
And they have so many opportunities all over the planet to stave off. If they can sacrifice all five of these individuals on one of these locations all over the planet, they will stave off the ancient ones from coming to destroy the earth, right? So they have all this high-tech gadgetry, and they're they're taking them through. I mean, hidden cameras everywhere. I loved all that. I mean, I just loved loved like the setup and the premise for this this movie you know and too how about the tropes because the all the tropes yes when the teenagers get there they actually become their stereotype yeah because they shoot pheromones into yep. the air that cause them to become the stereotype they want them to be yep um and so yeah then it turns in, and uh there was some very good humor in this uh when when chris hemsworth meets his end I'm laughing before he ever gets to there because you see a you see a scene earlier foreshadowing of a bird flying through the canyon and he hits the the, the imaginary wall that's there force field the force field so you know if if there's something goes wrong with the tunnel that you that that canyon there's a big force field so when he backs up and decides he's going to jump it with his motorcycle you're chuckling as he's driving away to turn around and you know gun it right. And so when he hits it, I just belly laughed out loud kind of a deal. Um, so there were parts of the movie that I just really, really liked. I don't think I could really fully appreciate this movie as much as maybe somebody else because I'm not really into the horror genre per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know what this terminology is, but I, I kind of like really struggled with the realism aspect of this movie. And I know it's supposed to be campy. <laughs> yeah. I felt like Matt. I felt like I was at the movie and I was like, that couldn't really happen. That couldn't really happen. That could. And I was like, no, no, Roger, just check your brain and enjoy this movie. Oh, what's funny is the movies I've been giving you all have subtext and layers. All do. Yes. Cabin in the woods is fun surface level only. There's nothing deeper here. Yeah. And maybe that was part of the problem. Um, and so I find, found myself saying, I don't really buy the last act of this movie at all. I just like, this is just ridiculous. You know? And I felt bad. I was like, I want to like this movie more. I don't want to disappoint Adam, you know? I know you love the movie, but I was just like, the third act, man, I was just like, whew. I was like, okay, well, that's over, you know? B- because I, I couldn't, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, all these monsters have escaped. They, they've let, you know... Well, first of all, the one guy, the stoner somehow survived because his pot made him immune or whatever, which was kind of funny. But anyway, he knows, the stoner guy knows how to hotwire the secret facility so that it, you know, causes everything to go crazy. I'm like, that's a little crazy, far-fetched. But anyway, and then somehow all these creatures get released. And then I'm thinking, are these like animatronics? Are they like, are they, are they like robot? Is it advanced? You know, then why am I not seeing when they shoot them? And then I'm thinking, no, they're portraying these as actual real creatures. They're real monsters. Real monsters that that were hidden in cages. And I was like, I was shaking my head going, okay. And, you know, and so I I wish I could have checked my brain at the door and just enjoyed the campiness of this movie. And I did the first maybe two acts, but that third act, when it, I just like, oh, you know, I don't know. It, It was just okay. You know, just to be fair and honest with you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, enjoyable. I, I, I did like it. Um, I just did. I had a hard time connecting with the last end of the movie, I would say. Okay. Yeah. So. I've seen Kevin in Woods. I, I like the third act a lot. I, I like the fact that 
you make sacrifices. What? And, you know, when something goes wrong, it's the end of the world. Isn't it weird how it's almost the context of how you see a movie or your frame of mind can really affect your... Sure. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I could envision myself with all you guys and we're at the theater watching this and we're just having a blast laughing and my dude just checked my brain at the door and loved this, this movie. This was a great theater movie. You it know? It was. Yeah. It, it, uh, did we see it mm-hmm. together? Yeah. And so I... But here I am. I'm sitting... You know, Tori won't watch it. She, I tried to get one of the kids to watch it with me. She chickened out and ran up to the bed and you know went to bed. And so I'm all by myself and I'm watching this and I'm just... I'm trying to, you know, it is a horror, so, you know. Um, and I liked some of the campy parts, like when the one guy, uh, when the mermaid, merman killed the one dude. I loved that. That was great. He's like, oh, really? You know, and then he's dead, you know. And out the dorsal. Yeah. <laughs> Blood out the dorsal. and So, so there, were, there were sections of the movie I really, really liked. It, it definitely had Josh. I love that Josh Whedon would just turn the whole genre upside down and say, no, let's throw these two together and make a real campy horror movie. So, it what I like about this movie is it felt like if I had stoner buddies, this might be something they talked about. Is what if the Mayans were right? Why aren't we doing human sacrifices anymore? Maybe it's to stave off, yeah, the elder ones. Yeah, and I loved it at the end. Out, you see the big hand on the planet, and it's yeah. like. Okay, this is the end of the earth. You yeah, know. That, I mean, that's the reason I liked it because like, it's like one of those, what if the Aztecs and Mayans were right? We have to sacrifice to keep this off. And it's almost a Lovecraftian tale is the yeah. fact that there's always something worse and you do what you can to to just save, you know, to, to keep that at bay. And it's funny that the stupid humans are screwing up the whole thing because they're, they're all rescuing. They're all saving themselves. All the little different kids, cultures, all the different cultures, the China kids are got their little flower circle and, and they the turn the, they, they're singing and they turn the creature to a little frog. You and know, it's like a ring ghost. <laughs> yeah. I loved all that part of it. Absolutely. I, I love the fact that they took bets on <laughs> who was going to succeed in killing their, oh, like I, said, I, I just love the fact that it feels like if stoners were arguing and saying, what if all these movies are connected? And what if these people have to die in this order? Like, yes, they figured out this I know. reason. And, 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 you know, I loved... The one thing I did really like about the movie as well, too, was here's the scene in the movie where any other director would not have done this. There's the scene where the girl thinks... The virgin thinks she's the last one alive. And she's on the pier. And she has this epic battle with one of the... One of the um, Hillbilly. Hillbillies that have come to kill her. And instead of bringing all this tension and showing that like a traditional horror movie would do, no, no, they pull out and they show all of the science staff partying and talking and not paying any attention to this whole horrific. And it's just on every screen. They cut to new people laughing and cutting up and it's back on the screen over there, you know, and I thought that was pretty, pretty. uh, I like that choice, you know, to do that. Yeah, there's a lot of smart choices in the movie. I like the wolf head. There's a mounted wolf head on the wall, and the yes. character gets real close to it, and you swear something's going to happen, but nothing you, does. the whole time you're thinking, "Oh, that wolf." Every come other alive movie, something's going to fall. A cat jumps on the piano. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. 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 I outside of the third act, the very end of the movie, um, I really, I, I liked it as a whole. Um, I would, I'd probably, I don't know, I don't know what I recommend it or not. I don't know, but I did, I did like, the, I liked it. I liked a lot of parts in the movie. Yeah. But the third half, I just couldn't get myself. I couldn't get my head around what was going on. It's fun to watch it again now that you see the whiteboard. 
for what they pick in the basement and all the cause and effect. Yeah. Because that artifact is what triggers. There has to be some kind of free will to the whole system. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, it's time for new assignments. Roger, you went last, so you get to give out the first new movie homework assignment. Okay, let me pull up uh, the IMDb so we can give a, a proper description. I'm assigning Adam this week, right? That is correct. Okay, so how do you feel, Adam, about a stark, perverse story of murder? It's up my alley so far. Kidnapping and police corruption in a Mexican border town. <laughs> I'm still in. <laughs> How do you feel about director Orson Welles and uh, Charlton Heston, Orson Welles, Janet Leigh, and a full cast and crew? I know what the movie is, and I've never seen it, so I'm excited to actually see this one. So your movie is A Touch of Evil, 1958. A well-regarded classic. And it is, it is, I, yeah, I have a lot of strong, I really like this movie. So um, I'm interested just to get your take, whether you like it or don't like it. So that will be your assignment for... Next week. Okay. And then I have Matt. And the movie changed while we were talking. So Oh, all right. I had one at the start of the podcast I was going to give him. But we went down this direction, and I'm, I'm now happy to hand this out. The movie is The End of the Tour with Jason Siegel. It's on Amazon Prime. You can watch it for free. And it's about David Foster Wallace, the author who wrote Infinite Jest who is quite the character. And this is the movie that when you're looking back over Jason Segal's career, this is one that I think they'll focus on. It's such a good performance. It was kind of shunned when awards came around and I think it was a big overlook. It was one of my favorite movies of the year. It came out. Nice. All right. I'm excited. I I like Jason Segal um, a lot. So cool. All right. So now I guess it's my turn to give a, a movie to Roger. So, Roger, you gave me a film that was a comment on society, um, and I liked it, but it wasn't great. I said, Basi. Yeah. Right? So, in this kind of genre of film, if you can call it a genre, there is a movie I really like, um, written and directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the guy that always screams in Police Academy movies. <laughs> That's about all I know him from. <laughs> he's a calm individual in life. That's yeah, he's a voice. calm individual. That's his stand-up persona. That's what he played gotcha. in the Police Academy movies. Uh, it is, I think you can stream it on Netflix, uh, and it is called God Bless America. I like this movie. It's fun. It's fun. It may be more violent than the one you gave me, but... It's okay. Um, the, I'm looking forward to it. The main character, Frank... I kind of identify with Frank. And I I am looking forward to watching it. Yeah, absolutely. So. Okay. Well, that wraps up movie homework. Okay, and we are back. And last segment of the podcast is coming attractions. So, guys, what is uh, coming up? What what does our listeners have to look forward to next week on the film coterie? This is going to be interesting. We're going to go see the new Fast and the Furious movie. 
Oh, are we? Fate of the Furious. None Eight. of us. None of us are fans of the series. We're gonna go see this movie. Yeah, that's the only thing coming out. Oh. Yes, you're gonna have can to we, go see it. Can we find a, lim- a theater showing I'm limited to, release? Colossal. I'm, go- I'm going to secretly videotape your head exploding. I got news for you. If Colossal's showing next week on a Thursday, you guys can go see Fast <laughs> the in the Furious. I'll just go see Colossal. Oh, Colossal will be on VOD too. Uh, I love Colossal. I I want to see it so bad. But we may be seeing Fast and the Furious. All right. I've not seen one in theater since part two. I've seen bits and pieces of the rest. I, I have never I seen one in the movie theater. I've seen the first three or four. Uh, you know, on you know, in in on TV, but never seen one in the theater. So my question is: Are they being cruel to their OCD fans by calling this one the Fate of the Furious? Because when the DVD or Blu-ray comes out, and they have to put it in alphabetical order, this will be away from the series. Ooh, maybe that's awful. <laughs> yeah, for the people that need to have <laughs> yes. in alphabetical order. I don't know how I'm going to take this. I only watched the first one in theaters. Uh, I saw the second one on like HBO or streaming yeah. or whatever, and then I haven't seen the rest of them. So the last thing in my mind was Toretta driving off into the sunset, a free man, and the next thing I know, the rocks punching torpedoes. And these are like super friends because they keep talking about how much they're family. In the trailer, they're like, we're family three or four times. Yeah. So they're the best friends that anyone's ever had. Well, don't you know that creates the most tension? Well, it's like a professional wrestling story at this point. Because <laughs> on Twitter, I actually saw someone say, Dom would never betray his family, which is something I figure professional wrestling might handle. Yes. Yeah. 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 It does feel like a WWE storyline. <laughs> so we got okay. that. Uh, we will be doing the next edition of Decade Do-Over, which will yes. be 1992. 1992. So I'm excited to see what movies you guys pick as your Decade Do-Over. We've now hit my high school years. This could get ugly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And, of course, we'll have our movie homework review as well. It's our regular segment every week. Yep. And maybe, I don't know, maybe a surprise or two as well. So It might surprise us too. <laughs> Absolutely. So where can they find us, Adam? We are on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash filmcoterie. We have our own website, filmcoterie.com. And we are on Twitter with the handle at filmcoterie. We're easy to find. All right. You've been listening to the Film Coterie podcast. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.